the disagreement is turning pretty dark. We have a divided nation. We have a very divided nation. We seem to be living in a time of utter tribalism. If it's true to you, then it's true. No, it's not. In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. Nothing is as important as the truth of God revealed in Scripture. All right, welcome to Disagree With Me, podcast dedicated to considerate conversations on taboo topics. My name is Angel Rodriguez. I am your host. As always, I am joined by the man behind the scenes, Mr. Caleb Powers. Yo, yo, I'm here on the ones and twos. Oh, yeah. And joining us all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota, my brother-in-law, good friend. He's my brother. Like, forget the brother-in-law, just the brother. <laughs> Mr. Brennan Brown. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on on oh, short cool. notice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see how how all this is done. I've heard great things, so I'm just excited to get started. Oh no, he has high expectations. This is gonna what? be what? What do you mean high expectations? <laughs> no, we keep now, it real. We keep it real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm a little scared. But we are here today to talk about another taboo topic. And nothing gets more taboo than what is it, politics and religion. And I think today we're going to mingle those once more. Um, we're going to talk about the role of government and, and where it comes from. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Um, Brendan, so, so you, I think we're going to find out that we disagree, but I, I just want you to, mm-hmm. to share with us what, what is your... Your idea, like, what do you believe government should do in society? What What is its role? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, right currently, I'm going to give you a little background. I'm a student. I study political science, so this is kind of right up my alley. This is exactly what I do on a day-to-day basis. And just going through um, all of my different classes and learning about all these different structures and the role behind government... Uh, I just think that what it comes down to is that there's never a set there's never a set idea that is correct for everybody. Uh, however, I think that it's always evolving as well. And I think that the way that our globalized society is moving towards is an emphasis on the government with all the power that it does have using it to do good in a person's life. So that could mean healthcare for all. That could mean education for all. That could mean just all these different socialized structures. Um, That's not to say I'm a socialist. I I am not a socialist. Um, I am just somebody who thinks that the government, we give the government the right to um, help humanity as a whole uh, grow together. Okay. So like if you had a, how do you describe your political view? Like, I know you said you, you're not a socialist, but is there not like a socialist? A, yeah. So not a socialist, but like, what's, what's a term that you would use or is there a label that you would, that you would place on your political views that would. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. You know, I, I think it's a little, it's a little in turmoil. I'm a little bit of everything. Um, okay. However, I do vote democratic. Um I see myself more on um, kind of a conservative side when it comes to the economy and trade and stuff like that. 
However, when it comes to this idea of socialized government, uh, I do tend to veer a little bit more towards socialization within government structures, uh, but not to the point um, that, let's say, a Bernie Sanders supporter might. Um, I also think that that's in part due to the negative connotation that society has given socialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that when you hear socialism, you kind of are just thrown thrown aback. Um, I mean, we already live in a socialized society, and I think I agree with a lot of the stuff that we do currently in a social society, yeah. um, where I kind of get that from. So but like, definitely big government, definitely okay. big government. So yeah. like, so so for you, like, if you could describe a good government, like, what what would have to be a part of that? Like, what is what is something that like what would be a good government in your in your view yeah absolutely so i think that i mean you look historically and based on some of the readings uh, or in some of the writings of previous political theorists um you know you you see this this necessity of or this importance of the government the government getting its power from the governed um and so I think that in a perfect society, we're representative of how the public feels. And mm-hmm. so I see um, that's why it's always ever changing. And so because of that, I see a government that's able to shift and be malleable in a sense that it can develop into something that is wanted and needed by the public. Um, I think that it gets a little tough because people are either not at, not well informed on some issues. Uh, but I think that in a perfect government, we would have healthcare for all citizens, um, whether that's private or public uh, healthcare. There's education for all, uh, all the way up towards since society is given college kind of this higher standing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there should be the opportunity for s- all students to go to college for either free, reduced prices or uh, the bare minimum that, um, you know, they can pay. Um, I think that a lot of my ideas do come from European societies. Um, and that's not just because I'm jealous of European societies. Kind of am. Not really. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that a- Europe because of the history that's there, they were able to progress with these socialized or with these socialized ideas, and we're kind of in the realm. However, we're not fully functioning to the point that they are, um, just on a numbers basis. So mm-hmm. I would I would say that in an ideal society, if the if the public wants it, we would be to the status of. Europe of any other modernized society. Okay. So basically, if the population of a country wants it, if they vote the majority, right, like votes for that mm-hmm. thing to, for the government to do, then you're like thumbs up all the way. Thumbs up all the way. Absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's good to hear. So I'll give you kind of where I'm coming from mm-hmm. um, in terms of like what government um, is supposed to do. So like, I, I think that the government is is here to to bring justice to evildoers right like yeah i'm, I'm coming at it from what the bible says and in, in romans 13 that's what it says is like uh, i 
I'm, I'm, I'm part of the persuasion that sometimes gets a little, you could say maybe carried away and like, yeah, it might be seen as anti-government, but honestly, like government is, is instituted by God. And it says mm-hmm. that God, um, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. And so it's basically saying, you know, if you do good, they're, they're, they, they should reward you. But if you do bad, if you do evil, government is there to, to bring justice. And I think that's, that's, if we look at the Bible, I think that's the, that's the role that government has been given by, by God to, to carry out here in, in the world. I mean, in, in every society, in every, in every culture. Um, so like, I think we have two fundamentally different views. Mm-hmm. I think in what you were talking about, obviously justice would be a part of that, but then you also go on to describe uh, like government being uh, ensuring healthcare or education to its people. And that's something that mm-hmm. I fundamentally disagree with. I don't think that government should, I don't think government should be involved in these other spheres that, that it hasn't been made to be mm-hmm. a part of. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh, so go ahead. So then what, so then who would assume the responsibilities that just societally we have like education first comes to mind who would who would take those roles up and how would that get paid who would where is the money coming from how are how is our youth getting educated yeah no so that's a good i i think we take it for granted that the government does a lot of these things Mm -hmm. I, i think because of how we've grown up surrounded by it like there was a time there was a place in time where the government didn't run education in this country Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where the government wasn't in charge of right now it's very involved in healthcare and it wasn't in charge of of everything else that it is in charge of now and and i think Mm -hmm. we that's that's on us right like that that's on, on individuals and and me as a as a father and as a as a husband like mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to make sure that my family is educated. So like it's our responsibility, my uh, my Ashley and I's responsibility to raise mm-hmm. our daughter and to mm-hmm. and to teach her. But then also like we have private schools, we have private uh, solutions to to all of these 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 problems. And I, and I think mm-hmm. that they're they're better. Like if you look at our at our education system, because that's the one we're talking about right now. Like we throw so much money into education and really we're it seems like every year we're doing worse and worse in terms of like test scores and and preparing children for for the world but we're spending more and more money every year so i I think people people would find like because we want to be educated right and i think people would find a way to be educated Mm -hmm. right so I think it's on the individual. I don't think it's the government's role. And I think people would would definitely find a way to to get educated. Absolutely. I you know, when when I, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, private schools, private health insurance, all these private industries um have been able to work. Uh my biggest fear is just that um the the greediness of okay. privatized industries has just been um, shown and in the light for a long while now, uh, historically yeah. and contemporarily. Can I, can I yeah. point something out too? Mm-hmm. I think the greediness 
of the government has also been shown. Okay. So, so but, but no, continue. Keep, I, yeah. I, I want to hear your point. Yeah. So like, I, I think that the, that the greediness of the, like, cause it's still people, right? Mm-hmm. It's still made up of people. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a difference between public, public, like the government being in charge of something and private. Mm-hmm. And I think private is better because it gives us the power. Like we, we like to think of, well, the government's run by the people. So the people get to, to fight back against the government, but that's, that's rarely ever the case. Like right now we, I don't know when this is going to air, but right now we're, we're currently starting tomorrow. The state of Wisconsin is going on, on lockdown and mm-hmm. you can't have mm-hmm. more than 10 people and whatever. And, and in Dane County, there's a website you can go and you can report gatherings of more than 10 people and the government yep. will come in and, and make sure, kick the, there's a kick website the out. for that. There is. Yep. Oh, you can man. go to, <laughs> I didn't know that. So you, can, you can report, you know, and, and I don't have a choice. Like if I say no, they'll just come and get me. Mm-hmm. And to the, to, and it could literally, I could lose my life if I resist, right? Like if I don't move, they're going to, they're going to physically remove me from there or whatever they, they want to do. Like, so I don't have a choice. Um, with, with private industry, if, if a, like there are plenty of people that don't do business with specific companies because they see them as greedy and they don't believe with the mission statement of that company. And you as a consumer have the, the ability to say, no, I don't want to do business with, with this, with this company because I don't agree with what they do but with the government when they control everything, I can't say no. And so I really have no say. So, so I think the solution to the greediness of, of, of people, first and foremost, as a Christian, is to preach the gospel, to tell them you need to repent of your sins. Being greedy is a sin. It's, it's wrong and it, it shouldn't happen. But you need to repent of your sins. But, but to give people the, the opportunity to, to make those choices themselves and, and not give the government all of the power to where nobody has a say. So my counter to that is that when the government, so just from, from ground level, if the government, let's say the theory is that if the government is foundationally by the people for the people, then if, so let's say you disagree with something that's happening in a, in school or in a class. Okay. Few options to go yank your kid out of school you teach them Mm -hmm. yank your kid out of school put them in a private school that you agree to or you can get a coalition of families together and then you can take that opinion that you have that you as a conglomerate have and then you can take that to a teacher you can take that to a principal you can take that to a congressman a representative of the government any sort like that and then you can take it and you can say, hey, I have this grievance. I wish I want this to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So they have a few they have a few options. They can then either fix it, fix the problem straight up, done deal. Or they can say, I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to leave it. And then what will happen is if that is the case, then vote those people out of office so then you can vote for people that are going to listen to your to your gripes about the school that's how the structure works now in a privatized society keeping with the school so let's say a private system yes so if you have an issue with the what they're teaching you can pull your kid out of school Mm -hmm. 
you don't have public schools to put them into. You can teach them yourself, which is a big cost on you financially and time-wise and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or you can find a remote teacher to teach them individually one-on-one. There's different options. Or you can take the problem as a conglomerate and take it to the private system. So now there's a few different things that can happen with there. There is either you can tell them and then they can say no and receive maybe zero backlash um, because it's just a small, the, what I'm trying to point out is that the greed within the system in a private system is a lot less behind doors that you, that I, as a consumer just do not see the backside of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the government, it's very open. You, there is people that have to be, you, people have other people that they have to be answered to. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So and, and- that goes with all other industries too. And, you know, I, I, I can say that it, it might work for, for education, but at the same time, I look at other industries that have, have public entities to it as well as private entities. The first one that comes to mind is the criminal justice system. Before the criminal, before we privatized criminal justice, we had relatively sanitary. This is all relative to other median um, public pr- prison systems in the world. We've had median uh, health in- health issues uh, where we keep it pretty low. However, I mean it, it's well taken care of. However, one, once we started to implement these private systems. There was no, they were just getting paid by the government, which I believe that that would be wrong in this private versus public sense. However, the conditions of life went down. The square space per inmate went down. The food quality went down. Everything just went down because there was no one to answer to. And it was a private system. And because of that, there was no one to answer to. And that's just where I would fear having systems like education and healthcare in a private system go to. Yeah. So like to the, to the issue of, of criminal justice, again, I think that's the government's role. And so like, even in, even with the private, uh, private uh, jails, it's still government funded. It's still government mandated. So it's, it's not totally private. I still don't think that private companies should be in charge of, of mm-hmm. criminal justice and, and i think mm-hmm. we would also probably disagree in the way that we treat people that commit crimes i don't think people knocking somebody up in a prison for x amount of years is is true justice but regardless of that like going back to the to the education scenario i think again like in the scenario i think you failed to mention another scenario what if i just went and started another school or found another private school that that did teach what I wanted my kids to teach because my money said something like we see it every single day like I, I work for a car dealership and we sell cars and the car the Toyota has to adapt to the market right so like people want to drive more economical cars so they're making more hybrid cars because that's what the market says and so like uh, in in a private school setting where every school is a private school the the people in charge of each individual school have to answer to the people that go to that school so i as a parent say i don't want you to teach my kid this you either change it or i'm pulling my kid out and if enough of us get together and we pull our kids out they're going to either change or they're going to 
have to close down because they're not going to have, or they're going to have to fill in whoever left or they're going to have to close down because they, they won't have the money to keep going. Um, and, and I think the reason we can't, it's hard to, it's, it's costly to afford private education today is because we have public education. And, and when we're getting taxed on, on like property tax and, and there's all these taxes that go into funding these public programs that should be, in my opinion, run by private industry. That if we were just to get the money back that's going towards these public solutions, we could, I mean, you would have the freedom to use that money in whichever way you, you wanted to. And competition is going to bring down the price anyway. So if, if like the reason private school is so expensive is because like it, it, it does cost a lot and there's, there's government regulation and, and there's a subsidized there's a subsidized system. So like I'm already paying, I'm public people right now that send their kids to private school have to pay for public school and private school, which I think is fundamentally wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't have a choice. So that's what I'm saying. Sure. I think it, you get what I'm saying there. I, I, I do. I do. Yeah. And so, so sorry, I was kind of blanking out. I had a little bit of Wi-Fi problem. Um, however, uh, what I from what I did here, what I can what I can tell is that addressing this idea of taking your business elsewhere is completely mm-hmm. valid. Um, however, with the society that we live in right now, if you were to have, if you use, let's say a business that is run that is education creates a school okay Mm -hmm. they bring a lot of school they bring a lot of students in and then there's not a lot of other schools for other people to go to so you're paying for this public or for this private school that everybody else is going to Mm -hmm. this starts creating these monopolies on on schools so now what are the chances that once this school gets too big, what it starts doing is it starts buying out all the other schools that they see as competitors. And this is how you get monopolies. And then it makes it much harder for just an average citizen to live that American dream and go make their own school if they would like to. So now you have a lack of resources. You have a monopolized uh, private education system. Um, and there's no government um, that can regulate some of the stuff that happens within that private school. So when you take away the opportunity for, so if you take away the government to mandate and put structures in place so that schools can't get greedy, because that's just the nature of human, human beings is to be greedy. And so these schools are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's going to be nobody in place to stop them. Okay. So, so what about the government monopoly on education? Do you see a problem with that? What do you mean? The government? No, I don't because of the structures that are in place for somebody answering to the gripes that the average American will have. Yes. But like, so, so I get like, but that's what I'm saying is that like, I, as a, like target has to answer to me as a private, as a consumer, because I'm, I'm spending my money there. And if, 
enough people get together and say, we're not going to spend money at Target, they're going to have to change the way they do business. And so the same thing is true with, with any industry. The thing is, is like, I could, there are enough people in this country that don't want to pay for public school. And yet here mm-hmm. we are paying for it anyways. Like there's really, I think that's fundamentally wrong to, to force somebody to pay for something they don't want. And, and especially because the government has never been, it's not even in our constitution. If you look at the constitution of the United States, it's not in like education isn't even mentioned once. So like if, again, I, I think government stepping out of its, out of, out of what it's been ordained to do, which is to bring justice. Education has, does that's, that, that's not where they're supposed to be. Healthcare isn't where they're supposed to be. And I think the private system is, is better able to, because, the principal at my private school has to answer to me because I pay his salary. And if I pull out of my school, it's not, it's, it's going to hurt them more than if I pull my kid out of public school, because everybody's paying for public school. It's not going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, I I guess I would ask you like, where, where do you get this idea that government should be in charge of education and healthcare and, and the other things like, like, I know you say that it's because the public, the majority of people want this. So, so again, it, it, it kind of, it comes from, it, it comes from the public want. Okay. And so if, if there's somebody, a candidate that runs on, let's defund schools, let's defund all these, all these different societal structures or social structures yeah if somebody were to run on that and that resonates with people absolutely if Would that's you... what the public wants then absolutely let's get rid of the structure and i said this from the get-go yeah if the people yeah, yeah. want it if the people want it the people are going to get it that's the great thing so, about government so like and so if there's a candidate who stands up and says let's scrape all these all these structures I have a feeling that not a lot of people are going to vote for that person because one people don't like going backwards in time. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to say, all right, let's get rid of that public school or anything like that. They're going to, they're going to think he's too radical or anything like that. That's just the the society that we live in is a socialized society where people want these social goods. And so there's a growing coalition of people currently that want public health care that want, public structures like this that i feel like especially probably come november you're gonna see a lot of that that coalition come forward and it's it's gonna have probably pretty close to half the majority yeah so so do you think do you think that if so so i just want to get this straight so like if come november Mm-hmm. 51% of Americans say we want public health care. Like that then suddenly becomes the role of the government is to provide public health care. That is a very loose explanation of what would happen. There's a no. lot of, there's, so if, if, 51% of the people said that they want public health care. Yes. Would that become the role of government then to provide public health care? Yes. In a okay. way that will best, that will best 
because when you just say public health care, that is a very, very broad, yeah, is a very yeah. broad topic. Yeah. Um, I'm not, public health care can mean a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. completely public, uh, some public, some private, uh, stuff like that. And so, yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just wanting to clarify in terms of not specific, like policy ideas, but like in terms of what the role of, of the government would be. So like, I think that's that's I think that's a dangerous way of looking at what government's supposed to do, Brendan, because there have been and there are to this day, there are governments around the world. There have been governments around the world that have as a majority said, this is what we're gonna follow, done atrocious things, done horrible things to people. And so if if we follow the logic of, of what you're laying out as the role of government being technically and i'm not saying this to 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 be disrespectful or anything but you know there was a point in time when a majority mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. in in this country thought it was okay and specific parts of the country thought it was okay to have government mandated segregation so would you by that logic like it, it, would it then be the role of government if 51% of the population said we want to segregate black people from white people and we want you to do it government would that then become the role of the government all right that's uh, that is a great flaw in my logic absolutely um i think that there is a when it comes down to human nature mm-hmm. um i mean did people yes so you really got me in a tough spot right there. Um, <laughs> I I don't think that if people were to come forward and say fifty one percent of our of our nation is racist, and so we're going to put in these racist ideals. Um, again, the reason why that stuff was able to come to fruition is because there was this uh, there was this identity this large majority or identity especially in the southern states and stuff like that that would come forward and that's not saying that it's right mm-hmm. and that's kind of your point behind everything and i yeah. and i do i do agree with that yeah however i think when it comes down to it i mean is educating is the discussion of educating a public the same as segregating people by race i don't think that the two are on equal level playing fields i see your point in what you're trying to say which is just because the people say that it's right doesn't mean that it's right yes however i think that education and racism are in their leagues of their own where i think that it's kind of it's not something that you can compare to each other um it's just like i mean that would be me saying, you know, is just because um, uh, I'm I'm at a loss for words at this, but it, it, they're just not on the same playing field. Yeah, so no. I don't think that you can you can compare the two together. Yeah, no, I'm not comparing them in terms of like policy ideas. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, in terms mm-hmm. of like, what is the role of government? And taking your your statement of, you know, the majority decides what the government can and can't do to its logical mm-hmm. conclusion, right? Like I think that's what he's he's pointing out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so that's, that's where we run into like the, the, the issue of like, there's, there's something more or something bigger because technically like we don't know, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but in, in 20 years from now, we could revert to, to being the 51% of the country wants government forced segregation. And then we'd have to submit to that, but it, it would still be wrong, right? Like it would still be, it would still be racist and it would still be wrong. Um, and again, so like, because then the, the issue is, it's hard because if, if we, if we say that the role of the government is whatever the majority says, then there's really, there's really no reason for us to disagree with the government. If it's always doing its job because the majority says, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think that, that um, when it comes down to the ideas of socializing public structures, like um, should we, and this is, this is all more in the abstract or more in the um, generalized ideas, not the, not the nitty gritty. Cause I think that that's kind of the main distinction is, you know, should we when you think about should we the government budget set aside a budget to help structure public schools versus should we the government take these public structures and segregate them are Mm -hmm. you're getting deeper into this sense of you know is a public is a public structure is a public structure um i don't think that there's a morality behind a public structure whereas i think that there's a morality behind segregation and racism and so that's where i'm kind of getting a little lost for and so I'm kind of at a loss of words because I don't really know how to get past this idea of apples versus oranges. Okay. So, well, we're going to take a quick little break and then we'll keep talking about the role of government. Sure. This has been a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back from our, our little break there. Um, when we left the conversation, we were talking about where morality and policy meet. Is, is that is that correct? Yes, I, I feel like that's where that's a great place. Yeah. So so I I'm, I think that every single policy decision, every single law that's passed, is is a moral decision. It's a moral ruling. So like. I don't think there's like a neutral law that's like just right in the middle, neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. I think everything, everything is including public school is either good or evil. And yeah. So, I, so I guess that's where I'm coming from. So I want to, I want to get 
your take so what would your so i feel like just public schooling and just education is a great um is a great middle ground and where yes we're just kind of what we kind of ground our basis off of so keeping with that what do you think would be the ideal uh, what do you think that how do you think that the structure of education should be structured in your perfect world then? Burn it all down. <laughs> no, it's good. No, um, I, I, again, I think, I think education should be left to parents. And if parents want to pay somebody to educate their child, uh, like if we want to call that private school, then or even like private tutor, like it doesn't have yeah. to be sending your kid to a school. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think it's, it's gotta be, it's a responsibility given to parents to raise up their mm-hmm. children, not to mm-hmm. the government. So that's where I'm coming from. So just in initially, my biggest concern with that is just the out of pocket cost mm-hmm. for the, for the family. Yeah. And so there would be a, because in this world where you choose whether or not your student gets educated, um, you know, a a few things just come to mind. The first thing is people aren't going to see the importance in education. And so their kids are just not going to get educated. So these are going to be uneducated people that we expect to be voters in the government, whether big or small. These are, um, it just kind of takes us back in time, you know? So America used to have this completely privatized system of education. Mm -hmm. And what came from that was there was a good chunk of the population, right around 50% in the 1800s where our students weren't educated and we were doing fine. Can I ask what, what do you mean by like not educated? Yeah. So reading and writing that's that's one of the biggest things um so literacy rates would plummet because you know parents can do their best job but because we're in a public school setting reading and writing is the basis of of the educational system and so parents and private tutors can get that stuff done but when it comes at an additional cost whether it's the cost of paying a tutor or the cost of your time because now as a parent Let's say you don't have the money to tutor or to get a private tutor for your kid or go to a private school. Mm-hmm. Now they have to, they, the parents have to assume this, um, this responsibility. Yes. And so that's just immediately it comes to, it doesn't level the playing field because rich kids are going to go to private school. Middle-class kids are either going to have to scrounge money together that they don't, that they can't afford to put into a private school or they're just not going to uh, teach their kids. Uh, I think, I think you're coming at it with, with some, some false prepositions in mind. Okay. Um, I don't think necessarily, first of all, because I don't think it would cost that much. Like if we weren't getting taxed the way it wouldn't be an additional cost because it would be the, I wouldn't be, be getting taxed to fund the public school. It would just be money that I have. And it mm-hmm. doesn't ha- it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to to educate your child. Like you can homeschool your child for a very small fraction of the cost that you 
can send them to like that you pay for a a student in public school like right now i think it's like fifteen thousand dollars a year per student or something like that for public school and mm-hmm. i think like i think that's an absurd cost which if people homeschool their children i think would, would go way down and if we had a a system that was that just where, real quick real quick factoid the approximate total cost per year per student of the average homeschooled child is 700 to 1800 dollars yeah and that's that's like that's that's such a that's like I'm not good at math, so I don't even know what the percentage of that is. But that's like less than ten percent, isn't it? Yeah, it's less than 10%. yeah, right. So like that's 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 a lot of savings there. So like imagine if instead of spending the fifteen thousand dollars that we do every year or whatever the amount is, we spent let's say fifteen hundred dollars a year to educate our students. And I think homeschool students are have shown to been shown to be like score higher on on standardized tests than people that went to public school um so so we're spending less money like make up the difference there that's a lot of money that we're saving that's going back to people that aren't getting taxed um and and i think the the society that we live in is is incentivizes people knowing things right like we have a great need for people to know how to do it work because we have all of these like this all this technology that we're using and that's if we live in a society that needs people to do IT work, it's going to incentivize people to learn how to do it. I'm just like, we, I don't think that just because the government isn't involved, that private individuals aren't going to want to do, to do this because the reason, the reason that we have a public education system is because people want people to be educated. But I'm just saying that it should best be left to individual people to make that choice how their children are going to be educated and not to force somebody to pay to send somebody else's kid to school. And it's not the government's job. I don't think the government does a good job of educating its people. Okay. Um, I, I, I hearing the statistic of the cost of at-home schooling um, is quite staggering actually. Um, And Comparing that to, because I just also did some research uh, for instruction uh, or for the total per pupil spending uh, in the state of Minnesota. Sorry, I'm coming from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But from the state of Minnesota is twelve thousand. So okay. I will I will just to give some background and kind of the percentage uh, yeah. or the actual statistics behind it. Yeah. Um, just the thing that comes to mind is the role of government is to is to provide for a basis uh on which their citizens can ascend higher um and so what i mean by that is that it's supposed to set a groundwork and give what is needed to the public so public roads public uh, public roads um law and order uh fire fire stations stuff like that to kind of help the community in any way that they can and so i i'm not going to argue against saying that if you're homeschooled you get less of an education or anything like that i just think that it in a perfect world every person is going to homeschool their child they're going to have private tutors and stuff like that if they can't afford to send them to school However, just historically, what happened is those that couldn't send their kids to school 
or and didn't have money to, which tended to be about half of the population. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the late 19th century, early 20th century, is they didn't, they just straight up didn't teach their kids. Um, yeah. And so leaving it up mm-hmm. to public dis, uh, dissent and leaving it to the hands of the people that might be good for some people and that might ideologically be what other people believe but just in my belief i don't see the best in people at all times and i don't think that we would see the same level of 97 or fact check me if you want but the high level of literacy and education that we do now also i think that public education private education does this as well but it provides more than just learning multiplication reading writing um social studies history stuff like that i think that it provides much more basis um of learning how to problem solve learning Mm. social skills learning Mm. respect for teachers and people of higher authority and stuff like that stuff that societally is just what we place an importance on and that's why it's kind of taught in a public school now again i'm not saying that if you're homeschooled and you just have one private tutor in your family to depend on you're not going to be social i'm not saying that yeah but what i'm saying is that just fundamentally without the essence of a public institution it provides benefits for the wealthy few that have the money to send their kids to private school the other percentage of people that find importance in reading and writing and then it disincentivizes everybody else Mm -hmm. so if we as a society do you let me ask you this do you see education as a right and a do you see it as something that everybody should have the opportunity to attain i think so but how we get there is different so and Again, this is, I'm coming at it from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think we're all familiar with the term Sunday school. And mm-hmm. that term, that term came from, I think it was in the, in, in England, the poor minors, kids that weren't able to go to school. Churches started holding a Sunday school where they would teach these children how to read and, and, and write and stuff. And so that's what's called Sunday school. Cause they would come to church to learn how to read and write and so as a Christian, I'm called to love God and love my neighbor. And so part of loving my neighbor is, is educating them. And the Christian worldview is the worldview that, that says there is a reason to learn because we want to live in accordance to, to the way God has commanded us to learn. So we have to, we have to learn what the Bible says, but also let's learn about the world. Let's learn about the world that God has made because he's called us to, to have the meaning over it, to be, to, to uh, farm it and to, to take care of it. And so I need to learn how to do that. And so there's, there's an incentive in a Christian worldview to learn, but there's, and, and there's an incentive to help other people learn as well. So uh, like uh, you mentioned it, right? Like people, and I agree with you, people are born with, with sinful desires is the way I would put it. And, and like you said, like people aren't naturally going to seek what's good. Um, but then I, I think that's the danger of, of just saying that of letting the government dictate its own role. Is that if it's if it's the bad people that are gonna say this is what the government should do, and then the bad people are the ones running the government, 
that's a problem. What I'm saying is God has said that the government is supposed to, to bring justice to evildoers. And that's, that's the rule. And then God has defined in his word what exactly is good and evil. And so the government should, should take then what the God that has given them the power to do this job, um, what he has said, and to follow it. Because it's what he says. It's not what I say now. It's what we're doing what, what the true, what we're doing what's true and what's right. And so that, that's what, that's where I'm coming from. And I, I, I don't think that people would, I think a lot of what you're describing, like, and I know you're not coming at it from a, like a, I know you're, you're well-intentioned, but I think a lot of what you're describing is the role that, that God has given to the family. And yet we want the, the public school system to take on that role, to teach people how to live respectfully and how to respect authority is not the role of the public school or the government. It's the role of, of it's my role as a parent to do that for my children. And I, I think that there are a lot, a great number of families that will do a great job of instilling that in their children. Mm-hmm. and kind of the main charter for creating these public schools in the 1950s post-world war ii um, was when we started to see this shift from public school or to from private uh education whether that's Mm -hmm. tutors schools and stuff like that to a more public um system was this level playing field for all and I'm, I'm probably going to, I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but I just think that that is the intention of the government is to level the playing field so that we have a, we have a system in place because as American citizens, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that yeah. is certain inalienable rights for all of man, you know? Do you, that that that's mankind rather than man so it's man in the abstract yeah, yeah. but so if the government is set in place from the founding of our nation if the government is in place to ensure that for all of its citizens then leaving it up to chance because i my mother your your mother-in-law my mother works in one of those schools where right now she's sitting at home worrying about the kid who's not going to get fed mm-hmm. because his one meal at lunch was the only meal he gets a day. Yeah. She's worried about the kid who has to go back to an abusive father mm-hmm. who is not going to respect him and who is not teaching him these ideals that the that a public system would instill in him. I don't think he would mm-hmm. give a I don't think that he would ever put a cent <laughs> towards this this kid's education okay those are the people that i'm looking out, out yeah. after i think that i think that if you decided to take your child and in educate them yourselves or with a private institution mm-hmm. i think that they i think that you would do a great job of instilling public features like social uh, socializing and the what the what parents should be doing but I don't have faith in everybody for that. And so because of that, I think that this role of public education is more than just a political one, but one that can really affect people's day-to-day lives. 
<clears throat> okay. Do you think that our government is doing a good job of of fulfilling this vision that like of giving life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all of its citizens, all of it, all of its citizens, and and leveling the playing field? No. Okay. I think that it is stuck in the hands of a corrupt system um, of, and a lot of this comes down to the, the power of money in politics, which can be a whole different discussion. So I'll keep it brief, but the reason why we have so much deadlock in government and the reason why a lot of people don't trust in their government is because there's this feeling of disconnect and that's because there's money that pulls the strings rather than the voices and the opinions of uh, of the people and so i think that we could be there i think that we could be closer by instilling public features where you know, it's it's really hard to have life if you are worried to go to the doctor because of the two thousand dollar copay that it's going to be to get a specific treatment that you need. It's really hard to have life when you don't have that structure in place. Whereas, in France, where they have one of the world-renowned um, healthcare systems, mm-hmm. is because it's public uh, public and because it's a public healthcare system the reason why they have a higher life expectancy the reason why they have less doctors visits the reason why they have all these different statistics that you can find that make it just a better system is because it's public is because people don't have to worry about that 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 money side that that big dollar bill mm-hmm. and when you start making things p- private the meaning of the dollar bill in your own pocket is a lot more concerning than it when it is in the government's pocket. Uh, the people in France still pay for their healthcare though. Correct. In taxes. In a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the reason that in our, in our system, there is such a, it's so corrupt is because the government is so big. There is an incentive to, to get close to the government, the bigger, the more power we give to the government, the more corrupt it's going to be because there's going to be more incentive to make it corrupt because now they have more power over more things. If I can get them to, to do what I want them to do by giving them a little money or doing what they like doing what the people in power want me to do, mm-hmm. they have the power to do now what I want them to do. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like a limited government, does level out the playing field because now the big company, the big corporation can't go to the government and say, well, enact this regulation so that then the smaller company can't live up to it and then has to go under and then they can buy them out. I, that's what, that's what we see happening now with, with these regulations and these, this government oversight over so many things. It's, it's stifling. It's not leveling the playing field whatsoever. Do, do you see the issue that that, rises though that arises to that so you're saying that a that a business has its paws all over the government and so it's working its magic all over the government mm-hmm. right i see a problem take, take away the government what's left private institutions that have their hands all over their own entities yeah so i'm okay with that who is because who is 
who is who is here to to help settle you know hey you shouldn't do that i have an answer to that yep i am how did that go in 19 in the late 19th century how did that go for all the 30 percent of people living in poverty how did that go for the unemployment when we had a recession laissez-faire which is what it sounds like what you're kind of advocating for was one of the i i learned about that in history class and i was like how the heck did we get there how did we let government be or how did we let government get so small that business was just able to take it to have its be a horse with no reins There were pe- the people that were working for these for these big these big institutions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. to think that the average American could just say no to some to Rockefeller's uh, oil yeah. is way out of way out of but line. I, there was, there was think- no way you couldn't go anywhere else. You had to do that. There was because he took away all the other competition and so if we just got rid of all government all together and maybe i have to do my research on this on this specific issue but how, how did mm-hmm. rockefeller like I, I think it would be worthwhile to look at how did rockefeller monopolize right like was it yep. truly was was there no government intervention in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what happened was the government decided that they were just gonna let they wanted to let the economy run free. So they Mm -hmm. wanted, so in a capitalist system, the economy, the intent is really great. People get to choose who they go to. People get to choose the services that they want. Here's Mm -hmm. the issue that follows is that because there was nobody regulating this mergers, the amount of mergers and how big a government or how big a private system could get, yeah. Rockefeller started very small with his oil company, and then he started to buy different, um, different competing factors. And so, mm-hmm. what happened is he started buying literally everything. So, from production to sale, he yeah. had everything in between. And then he he but, he ended up right. with about ninety percent of the market, right. and that's but, what would happen in every single pu- private private insurance, public health care. Uh, private health care, private insurance, private schooling. That would happen across the board everywhere you look. I don't think so. Because we don't see it happening now. Um, but Because but we I think have public institutions in place. We don't have public, public grocery stores, though. At least not yet. <laughs> right? Like, there are different grocery store companies. And it's not mm-hmm. a monopoly on grocery stores in, in America. But I think... Mm-hmm. You, do you see that you're advocating for the same thing, just that the government has all the control? Yes, because with the government, because here's the thing, when you would ride up again, okay, okay. I see, I see what you're saying is that you're giving the power to the government. But you when are. the power of government is held within the people, fundamentally. If the, government, if the government has all the power, how do I have power? Because you vote for who's in government. What if every time I vote, the person I don't want is in control? What do I say then? That's a great question. I think that there's a big issue with the way that we elect our officials. 50, 51% of the vote to get a president 
or to get a representative is completely wrong. I think that a two-party system is completely wrong. Okay. I agree. I think that I think that a two-party system is the worst way to do it. I think that the way that a socialized Europe votes for their government is completely right because what they do is let's say 10% of the people want 10% of the people want <clears throat> let's say the they want the Christian party. Let's say there's a Christian party where people yeah. There's people exactly. There's people running <laughs> on a basis of Christian values. Okay, ten yeah. percent of the of America votes for that. So you're talking about like the the uh, parliament kind of correct system. So yeah, the reason why okay. they don't have a two party system is because if ten percent of the votes for ten uh, percent of the population votes for one specific party then mm-hmm. parliament is held by 10% of that party, which yeah. is more representative than a 50-50. Because yeah. there were a lot, because in a lot of ways, if uh, election is split by a 51-49, that is another reason why we have so much deadlock. It is be- and that's another reason why there's nothing getting done is because not all political views are accurately represented. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we agree. We agree. look at that. It, it comes together. It comes together. <laughs> no, we agree on that. We agree on that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not fully on board with the two party system, but I'm also not on board with socialist uh, Europe. There's nothing socialized about a a better election system. Let me tell you that. But but there is if never. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, but there is in in terms of like the role of of government that you're but i meant by by socialist europe is like the yeah yeah, the the healthcare and education everything but i I, honestly i think i think we're seeing it in america especially right now because we're living during the corona crisis and the government took Mm -hmm. over everything um Mm -hmm. which is dangerous and that's that's what i'm saying bro like i think it's 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 it is dangerous you're giving all the power to the government and you but can't if say- the government hadn't stepped in, have you have you seen the New York Times? Um, the New York Times released a graphic that depicts what the United States um, infectiousity uh, rate, infection rate, would be if we had no government or if we didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it goes if we acted like china it would be done in probably a matter of two months however if we didn't do anything about it half of our population would be infected with this disease within a matter of uh, within a year i check me on the facts there again i i I didn't do any there is no there is no i I know what you're referencing i know what you're referencing i i i don't know myself whether or not the the, this figures you just gave were were accurate but yeah i I remember i remember the idea of what you're saying yeah if the government hadn't stepped in this would be a much bigger problem than it already is i are you sure? As soon as I as soon as I heard that it was becoming an actual problem, I haven't left this house except to go get groceries or go yeah. for a run in a week and a half. But another driving thing that has made me do that is because media and our government just stepping in. Like our, my government, my governor of Minnesota 
mm-hmm. has put this into place. And I, I'm like, okay, I need to do what's best for the public good. Now, again, if so, we didn't have that in place, there are going to be people that like the people down in, in Florida right now that are still on mm-hmm. the beaches, that are still partying, that are still hanging out in groups of 200 people or more that aren't doing anything. Yeah. And it, that would only be worse if we didn't have reduced travel to the United States, semi-closed borders like we do have. Like pe- business would just go on as normal and people would just be in a worse spot because of it if it were just left up to human nature. But the, uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think, I honestly think that individuals would make choices. And I'm not just saying people, like, because again, we're commanded to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So like in this specific instance, I think, like, I don't think we should close on all business. I don't think we should make everybody stay home because we got to love our neighbor. So we got to love the people that are at risk from the coronavirus, but we also got to love the people that are going to lose their jobs. And so like the, in this specific instance, like, I, I think we gotta, we gotta do that. Like we gotta, and, and I don't think the government's doing a, a good job of taking into account that, but, but I, I guess because we of probably the talk about, because of the government, there's this huge stimulus package that's currently trying to be pushed through uh, Congress right now. It's yeah. stuck in it's stuck in Congress because of politics. The government. We, we won't get into it. But if it does, if slash when it does go but through, Brennan, because it definitely Brennan. will go through, there's going to be economic relief for all Americans. It will be looking out for your neighbor that's going to no. lose their job. No, it's what not. Can I, can I no. show you why? Because, because of the government, my neighbor lost his job, but because of the government, they're going to be okay. Because of the government, there's going to be a increasingly reduced, there's going to be a reduced amount of people infected and therefore a reduced number of deaths of, of potential deaths because of something that is actually very real. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I, I understand the struggle I am currently paying about five to six times as much money to go to a public university. If I wanted to do my classes online, I could have saved so much money, but instead I chose to go to this university and now I am financially losing so much of my equity because mm-hmm. of this. And, and, I, I, and I, let me, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm furious about it, but at the same yeah. time, like I'm, I know that this is just how it, it, it's a freak thing that nobody was prepared for. Yeah. And so I have also lost my job. I currently have no job. I have a high rent that I have to pay every month that yeah. hasn't been taken off. And I'm not blaming the government because they're not the ones that were out here saying, we're going to put a, we're, we're going to make this Corona a big deal and everybody's going to lose their job. No, this is hurting them at just as much. Everybody that has talked, Donald Trump is probably not going to get elected because his economy failed and he didn't help it enough. (sighs) What I'm trying to say is that people are in these situations and it's not the government's fault. If anything, the government did its job to help inform the people of what's going on. I I think, I think again, like, it has to do what is the role of government and i think that the reason that 
like specifically that your that public or education is so expensive like college is so expensive is because of the government is because of government subsidized subsidized education one thing to point out just real briefly um thinking about like um the government you know if we're talking about you know it's the government's fault or not the government's fault um specifically with the coronavirus situation one of the things that um that i've been looking up on is okay um with the medical industry and, and the way that it is um you know the government has had a negative impact in at least one way and that is um, if we look at places like South Korea or Japan and we see um, that they've had most success with the amount of testing that they've done, right? Like that's been the the uh, the number one thing that has been helpful to stop the coronavirus and be able to contain it is doing a heck ton of testing. Um, but in America, we didn't get any testing for a really long time. And the primary reason for this was because of an immense amount of red tape in the medical industry because of regulations imposed by the government. So... Yeah, and, and that's one thing to just point out there. Um, and I'll, yeah. I'll just go back into the shadows, but I thought I'd point that <laughs> no, out. No, no, you're fine. I, that actually brings up a really great point. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is, again, why did they have so much, why did they get this testing so easily? Government. Because there was a collection of governments with the WHO, or the World Health Organization, that was, were able to get this coronavirus testing as fast as they possibly could. Now we have a, again, this is, this is just the role, the abstract role of government. They did their job. I'm not going to get too political, but Donald Trump did not do his job in the sense. He's the one that didn't allow for this World Health Organization testing to come into the United States because he wanted an American made coronavirus test. And so I think that if you're going to, you know, you can't put the blame on the, the, you can't blame the farm for a few bad eggs. Okay. So, so what if, what if 51% of the population said that the way that, what if it like, I guess just kind of bring it back to like the, the fundamental question of the conversation. Like what if 51% of the population said that the way that that they disagree with you, and they said that the way that that Donald Trump did is waited and didn't do what you think he should have done at the beginning, that that was him doing what the government should do. Like that was mm-hmm. that was him. Like because again, fundamentally, the question is like what is what gives the government the ability, and who says that this is what they should be doing? Like which is fundamentally the question like I, i'm just saying that the government's lane is to to bring justice and everything else that it does outside of that is better left to to other people other to to the family to the church to individuals to 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 take care of and when it steps Power outside lies. of its when it steps outside of its lane it's it doesn't do a, a, as good of a job as as the people that are supposed to be doing it would do power lies in the hands that are granted it. We, the people, give the government its validity. So therefore, we, the people, give power to the men who are in power. And so, yes, 
we did elect somebody who wasn't able to step up and do the right thing at the right time. But who says that, like, I guess fundamentally, like who says that the right, what is the right the people? Thing? Government is founded on the consent of the people. But then the, the, again, we run into the same issue that we did in the, in, in segregate, segregated America is that the people said we want, the system that segregates blacks and whites. Right. So Angel's pointing out, like, what is our foundation for yeah. saying that something is right or good in government? And it can't be the majority because the majority has made a bunch of mistakes that we'd all agree here were, you know, bad majority decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like, okay. So <laughs> this is just a, an, a uh, hypothetical, like hypothetically speaking, let's say Brendan and I, you and I agreed that, for the public good we took a vote two versus one versus caleb that we should go and steal caleb's audio equipment <laughs> yeah it was would that would that be right or would it be wrong it would still be wrong however the okay. power still lies in the two of us the thing about power is that it doesn't lie or it doesn't care about morality power power does not lie or does not care about morality and so the, 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 the two Rams butting heads right now, the reason why we're on two different playing on two different playing fields right now is because you're, you're thinking that I'm thinking abstractly about the role of government, mm -hmm. whereas you're thinking more specifically on the morality of the people who are granting the government. And so there, we're not on the same topic because I'm thinking more just government, whereas you're thinking the people in this time of, or in, in historical sense and stuff like that. No, no. If we think abstractly about people, if we think abstractly about people and not the morality behind people, then think about it that way. If you think abstractly of just a human being, flaws and all, mm -hmm. get together, live together sym symbiotically, okay? They grant, if, if there is going to be power, which there doesn't have to be, people can live separately, live on their own, kill to eat, have no structures in place, have no home, anything like that. People can have that if they want, but no, people grad, gravitate towards community and then they give power as a consent, as a consensus base. That doesn't mean that the consensus view point of of a specific morality or of, of a specific moral is what's giving somebody the power it's the power of the people creating the government so like we're, we're just on two different topics of morality versus the abstract of government uh, i don't think the reason i keep bringing up the people the 51 percent is because like you already established it like that the people are the ones that set the government but i'm just saying like and you even just said it like power doesn't you said power doesn't care about morality so why would we give all the power to the government if they don't care about what's right so to respond to that people give the government power 
we have an election. Mm-hmm. Okay. In our day and age versus the 1950s. In our day and age, somebody gets up there and they say, my proposal is to take it back to the 1950s and we're going to have Jim Crow laws back again. Okay. Mm-hmm. How is their campaign going to do? No bueno. They're not going to do very well. Yeah. You take it back to the 1950s. You say white people should vote in one area. Black people should vote in another area. Mm-hmm. How are people going to react? Well, depends on where you are. Okay. So moving forward from that, you can see that the opinion of people change and the, op- the morality of people change. And so this is, this is the whole point of government is that the, the people form the government and you can debate the morality of the people as much as you want, because we're always, we're always getting, we're, we are all ever evolving. We are always learning from our mistakes. And so I just prefer to live in a society where I myself can feel power. Whereas if there's no government in place, I feel no power. Do you feel like currently right now, if you didn't like the way Target or Walmart was set up, that you could go and you could talk to somebody to change the way a Target is set up? Yes. Do you? Yeah, you could. could, You could at them on Twitter. You could. You You could could at them on Twitter, right? Like, okay, my parents own a small grocery store, Mm -hmm. and like, we have specific products because people asked for them. Mm -hmm. So, in that sense, yes. Or like, I, I I just won't give them my money, and then it's and then it's my choice. Like, I'm not. It doesn't matter to me if Target exists because I'm not going there. You know what I'm saying? But with the government, it's like I cannot run it. It's always there. Like I I cannot, I, I there are things that I fundamentally disagree with with our government because it's stepping out of its boundary and it's not doing what it's been instructed to do. For instance, like this is a hot topic issue and taboo topic, but this is what we're here to do. Abortion. Like we're killing people every single day in this country. And the government says it's a it's a right. So like, but it's wrong. And just the same way that segregation was wrong in the 1950s because god says we're all made in the image of god and that there is it doesn't matter if if you're black or white or whatever you you still have worth and dignity as a human being and that was wrong then as it is now not because the people's ideas or or morals change but because god has always said this the same thing is true today like we have a government that stands by as 3000 children are murdered every day and 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 that's fundamentally wrong because the government's not doing the job it's supposed to do. So like with the public education thing, it's not the government's role. So it 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 shouldn't be there. It should do what it's supposed to do and not do what it's not supposed to do. Does that make I sense? I can understand your point there. Yeah, I can yeah. understand your point there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we had a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah spend some good time on this i you know in the end i think that when it comes down to it i learned a lot from you i hope it went both ways 
Um, and so I don't think that I'm going to be changing the small government mindset anytime soon, but I can definitely see the other side, which I really appreciate. So, yeah. So do you disagree with me or do you disagree with me? I disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's our, that's, that's just, the, how we end the episodes. Yeah. I got to okay, work. Okay. I, we got we're still working this out. You know what I'm You're saying? Gonna, no, I understand. I feel, I feel, I feel. Yeah. Cuz it's like right. do you just do you disagree with each other or do you disagree with each other yeah, you know. in a constructive way? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I yeah, like might, that. I like that. Yeah, we might have to have you back on. Oh yes, yeah, I definitely absolutely. want Brendan back on this podcast, yes. please. <laughs> I just want to listen to it's it again. Yeah, fun. It's yes. fun. It's no, good. it's fun. I think I think next time come around, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a notebook right next to me. I'm gonna have some different facts, to, some yeah. actual sources. Yeah. Uh, so that you don't have to fact check me every time. But uh, I'll definitely Snopes. be a little bit more. Yeah. Brennan, yeah, I'll after, have Snopes. I'll, I'll after we finish this, <laughs> I'm gonna send you a couple articles about um, uh, privatized monopolies and the Rockefeller situation. Um, no, I find yeah, that stuff no, so fascinating. Yeah, I've been I've so been researching monop like like a natural monopoly theory for forever now. So yeah. I yeah. yeah, I asked medical. Well, have you have you seen the uh, History Channel show, uh, The Men Who Built America? No, but that sounds fascinating. Okay, watch it. It's mm-hmm. it's the story of all of them. It's mm-hmm. a little it's a little dramatized, but I think yeah. you would really like it. It's yeah. on. Yeah, I love history. I don't stuff. think it's on Netflix or anything like that, but definitely try to find, yeah, it, find it. it. It is such a great great story so mm-hmm. yeah all right it's getting close to like 9 30 yeah um so mm-hmm. i'm not trying to bore ben over here any longer but um i'll all definitely right. try to be on again yeah. you always hit me up if you have any ideas if yeah, right. anything comes to mind um so all right all right, Sweet. All right thanks, boys bro. hey thanks for yeah. having me on hey, and i'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys on. soon okay yeah, thanks man, for take tuning care. in <laughs> please like to follow subscribe leave a like down hey, below all right you're doing my job man <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good bro sorry, hey, sorry. you, can, take you care. can you can you no. can leave it out all right no, that, that's good no that's good <laughs> all right i'll talk to you guys later all right hey, take care bro We forgot to ask Brennan when he was here whether or not he preferred Chipotle or Qdoba, but we did manage to ask him afterwards, and of course, his answer was Qdoba. Take that, Angel.